Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, depending upon where you are in the world. Welcome to this very first inaugural edition. That's redundant, but intentionally redundant, of Three Squares Live. We are so excited to be with you today. Uh, we've gone to a live format to give you the opportunity to engage with us and our guests. So we're hoping you'll take full advantage of that. I am Charlie Arnott with the Center for Food Integrity and Look East, and we're working to keep food trust worthy. My two co-hosts, Kevin, Susan, go ahead, introduce yourselves. Hi, and I'm Susan Schwally, the NPD Group, and I work with food and beverage manufacturers to drive growth and place bets based in consumer behavior. Mm. I'm Kevin Ryan with Malachite Strategy and Research, and I help uh, CPG and retailers get to the front end of innovation and uh, do better strategy. And Kevin's also our benevolent food scientist and uh, has all of the great questions for what the food. So we'll be digging into that later today. So for those of you not familiar with Three Squares, we're going to tackle a contemporary timely issue for just a couple of minutes. We've got a couple of great guests today uh, who are going to talk about their innovative new product, which is fascinating because it comes from a product that is 6,700 years old, and yet it's brand new. So we'll be excited to speak with them. And then after they leave us, we'll have a little bit of what the food. So you are welcome to join anytime you are interested in doing so. You can hit the Q&A button and the chat button and participate in the conversation. And if it's interesting, we'll decide to take your question. All right. So let's kick it off, guys. We've got our our, our timely topic of the day uh, this is interesting. Uh, we had the White House Food Conference, but FDA came out with a definition, a working definition currently, of healthy. Things like healthy and natural, they've stayed away from because it's kind of the third rail. How in the world would you define it? What do you do with it? But, you know, we spend more on diet-related health care in this country than we do on tobacco-related health care. And so the need for moving more toward healthy makes perfect sense. But love your reaction to it. What do you think it means? And and what does it, what does it mean to those in the food system? Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Susan. I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are. <laughs> yeah. So look, first of all, um, it's a pressing problem, right? We all know that uh, over time we have not been able uh, to, as a society, eat more healthfully. Matter of fact, a study just came out by Tufts, a global study saying that over the last 30 years, the alternative healthy eating index, if you're familiar with a healthy eating index at all, it just ranks on a scale of one to a hundred, the healthfulness of people's food and beverage choices. It has only improved one, one and a half points over 30 mm. years on a worldwide basis. And by the way, that score with 100 being optimal of eating a well-balanced diet, it's sitting at 40. So this is a pressing persistent issue. And, um, what I think is interesting, the, what I think is great merit is we're trying to move away from saying, oh, we have deficiencies in certain nutrients and let's give foods that have those nutrients, whether or not they're good for you holistically, a healthy rating. We're trying to move away from that and say, 
Let's look at the inherent value of foods, the overall holistic value of the foods. Are they nutrient dense? What are, what are they doing overall? The downside is, is I think it's going to be really messy. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore I think there's, um, great opportunity, but great threat that will be perceived by the food and beverage industry. So Kevin, I don't know. What are your takes? No, I mean, I'm, I agree with you. I mean, I know that they were being pressured to do it, especially because of the idea that, um, you know, uh, they felt, or at least, you know, people were telling them that, uh, a lot more junk foods, air quote, junk foods were, were being supplemented with additional nutrients to get to a healthy level. And so they just basically reversed it. I think my larger, more macroscopic question is, you know, from a consumer perspective, how much power does this have anymore? Mm -hmm. You know, we have moved from a different world. I remember when I started in the food industry, uh, you know, like oat bran and all that kind of stuff. The FDA said it, it was just something that was on the label. 60 minutes was talking about it. Now I'm dating myself and everybody. And it was like, that's what healthy was. We are in a completely different environment now. Not that it doesn't make a difference and it is not going to change the way people see packages, but I'm just, I don't know how much it really affects as much as it used to the way people think about what is, you know, what is good in food. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin, here's my, here's my question for you. I mean, you work with a lot of CPG companies. What will this do in terms of their thinking regarding formulation, branding, labeling, et cetera? I mean, I, I agree with you completely. We are in such a, a different place where people get information from an unlimited range of sources. And so, the authority, whether it's social authority or actual authority that that FDA and others have has been diminished. Yeah. So yeah. what this actually means to society will be in large part determined by what those who manufacture food mm-hmm. do with it. Yeah. And so what do you think they'll do with it? No, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I do think it'll make a big impact. I, I'm just saying from a consumer side, I wonder how much power the FDA, that kind of healthy statement makes. No, in the food industry, it will make a difference because that is the tail that wags the rest of the dog, so to speak, yeah. is that those type of things will affect uh, labeling and the way in which you say things and all that kind of stuff. And all that detail is yet to be, they still have 90 days for people to kind of, you know, yell and complain and all that stuff. But when that gets worked out, it will have a very large impact on the way in which, uh, things happen. I think my large, my, mine is just a larger question about have we, has the train moved on, so to speak, from a consumer perspective? And do we need to think about it as many different types of healthy from a consumer perspective? There, there's a couple of things also that come to mind for me on this, Kevin, is it's not, I don't think it's going to be easy to explain what that healthy label means. It's not a succinct, easy, it's, it's complex, like so many things. So on the one hand, part of me says consumers, what are they going to do with it if they can't understand it? But on the other hand, let's think about this. I'll say success of the all natural or natural label. Yeah. Which in some cases isn't even used according, well, (laughs) whether or not it should be used. But it was one of the fastest growing things, whether or not it was supposed to be on a package that we tracked for a long time. And it had a lot of, it resonated with consumers a lot and it kind of meant different things to different people. So I do think it's going to be fascinating how this plays out from a consumer perception, because I don't think explaining it is going to be easy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so Susan, one, one, one last question for you before we move on to our guests. So you mentioned that, that the natural played well with consumers, but I want to know from you, which consumers, 
right? Was it was it well-educated, uh, affluent consumers, or was it broader than well-educated, affluent consumers? Because I think that's part of the challenge we have is that when you talk about the the labels and some of these other attributes, they appeal to a specific group of consumers, but is it really broad enough to have a, an impact on public health per se? Well, I, I would say the, the natural or all natural label actually in terms of many labels was probably the one that was most broadly accepted or mm. looked for because I think it was the most accessible versus things like non-GMO or organic or, you know, even more of some of the very functional um, labels that that tend to be, well, I really have to watch the amount of sodium or, or fat in my diet. So from that standpoint, I do feel like natural had brought, who doesn't want all natural? Who doesn't want that? Like that, I just, that has I just a pretty want a bratwurst personally, but that's, that's just me. So, <laughs> but wouldn't a natural bratwurst taste? <laughs> Probably not. So, so I, 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 you think, I mean, if, if you go over, if, if we go across the pond or our friend, David Hughes, you've got the, the red, yellow, green, right? Yes. So in terms of making this really much easier for consumers to understand, do you see us moving toward that? Or is that way too prescriptive for this uh, independent system that we have? Now I want to hear Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do I think it's going to happen or do I think it should happen? That's two different. You think questions. it will happen? I don't think so. I think yeah. that it's going to be too, it's, that's too onerous from, from a legislation point of view. It doesn't seem to be the way that we typically do things. We do I, not I like don't. to legislate food. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 That's my opinion, but cool. things change. All right, Kevin, you've scored another couple outstanding guests for three squares. Would you like to introduce them and please turn on your video and join us now. Absolutely. So I'm really excited to uh, uh, to introduce to Opal Pop. Uh, so I've got Sarah McDowell and Alec Hopkins here with me. Uh, they're right here in my backyard. I'm in Colorado. They're in Colorado. So uh, and I have uh, you know uh, known um, Alec especially uh, for quite a long time. So let me do a quick a quick intro. Sarah McDowell. She's the president of Opal Pop. And uh, I know a little bit of her background because, and she can tell us a little bit more. Uh, she started off with Lara Barr. Uh, she was the national marketing director. Uh, and she basically helped develop uh, and execute the Lara Barr brand, especially in the transition to General Mills. Uh, and she joined Opal Pop in 2018. So I have, a, I have a quick question for her before we even start there. And then also I'd like to introduce Alec Hopkins. He's the VP of Product and Insights. And uh, he uh, is part of the team that really is, you know, bringing great innovation to the to the popcorn area. So his team, you know, helped develop the flavor wrap kernels, which is really what if you haven't had Opal Pop, I'd recommend really great stuff uh, and also leads quality and sales strategy development. So and he uh, and I met at General Mills um, years and years ago. He worked at General Mills for over 20 years. So Alec, did you know Kevin when he was writing cookbooks when he was 12 years old at General Mills? <laughs> no, I've heard that story because um, that was often sort of a pitch as Kevin would introduce himself. But no, I, alas, I didn't know 12-year-old Kevin. Yeah. Okay. There, oh, there, there, there's they, a book. They, I got to get it close enough. Yeah, oh, love. Love. Oh, your background's <laughs> blurring it out. Oh, oh good. Yeah, I'll, I'll turn that off and fix it. But there, there's technology winding right too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. So, Sarah, quick question for you before we jump into it. Opal Pop, tell me where the name come from. You were in the living room when this happened, when Opal Pop was beginning in development. Where's that name come from? Well, um, the, truthfully, it's a bit of a made up name. That's um, fine. That's good. Yeah. 
using the O's and the P's in it's cool. You know, yeah. As we were starting this company, everything was an O and a P. It was popping and popcorn and popper and pop, pop, pop. And so um, Jonas, our co our founder and uh, CEO, kind of claims it came to him in a dream. Mm. Um, the O's and the P's. And you know, they do visually represent a kernel kind of blooming, right? Um, right. Probably a more marketing answer is we borrowed it from the Greek word apollios, which means to change in color. And you, you know, opa is a celebratory yeah. um, word we all have heard a number of times. And so, um, from the marketing perspective, we say opa pop, borrowing from apollios, you know, changes the kernels from white to gold. I love it. I love it that it's it's automatopoeic too. You know what I yes. mean? Like you said, it has this feel to it. There's an energy to it. So I love yeah, I mean, it. this is a family show. So okay, let's just sorry. be careful sorry. if you could. No, thank you. <laughs> All right. So I've got the first question here, first in the queue. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go forward. Before we came on, we were talking about the fact that I did just a a, a small smidgen of of looking to see what was the first recorded use of popcorn. It was six thousand seven hundred years ago in Peru which is really interesting. But but as Kevin was sharing kind of the Opal Pop story and I ordered some and got it delivered to the house, I wanted to try it beforehand. I thought, well, you know, popcorn's not new. This isn't anything that's that's new. And yet I opened the box and my wife got really excited and she said, oh, that's so cool. And then we we popped the product. She goes, this is awesome. And she started making a list of everybody we're going to send it to for Christmas. So if you are on our regular Christmas list, please don't buy it between now and Christmas <laughs> because you're likely to get it. But but really, I mean, how did you come up with the concept and what makes it work? Because popcorn's not new. No, popcorn is not new. And, you know, I think our story is probably longer than you expected and maybe a little twistier than you expected. Um, but, you know, the idea really came when our two co-founders were hanging out and eating a lot of popcorn and, you know, like kind of an offhanded comment of, hey, I bet we could make popcorn cool again. And they've spent their entire lives making things cool, whether it was through, you know, the use of graphic design or in the entertainment, particularly the music industry. Um, and so, you know, I think it was kind of one of those comments that was made and then it just, you know, started rooting, started taking hold. And a small group of us kind of sat around back in 2018 and looked at the last innovation in popcorn, which was really the invention of the microwave. Mm -hmm. And, you know, outside of that, there's been lots of successful popcorn brands, um, but there hasn't been a lot of, um, I guess, technological advances in this 67,000 year old snack. So, um, you know, a small team of us just kind of got to work and, you know, it was um, a part-time gig for most of us. We relied a lot on our intuition and past experiences because we had no money for, you know, data or consumer right. insight tools. Um, and actually what we started working on was a complete, not a completely different product than we have right now, but we were focused on a um, more of a B2B food service product, um, <laughs> bringing popcorn back into the office where a mm. lot of, where in a lot of places it's been banned because somebody has burnt it one too many times. Yeah. Um, and so we were working on that and um, fl the Flavor App Kernels is a part of that platform. But then COVID hit 
and there were no offices to test with or sell to or prototype oh, wow. with. And so, you know, we had a very important meeting, a very short meeting, but important meeting saying, <laughs> what are we going to do here? And we had gotten such great feedback from the flavor wrap kernels that we were showing people, particularly investors that were coming in, um, that we just, you know, it was kind of, you'll probably hear us use the word pivot a lot. <laughs> um, maybe the most overused word of, you know, 2022, but, um, you know, that was a major pivot to, to take what we had been working on, kind of pause it and move to direct to consumer and um, launch with something completely, completely different. So we've been in market only 15 months. We launched huh. in June of 2021. Um, so, you know, this is our second holiday season. You know, we're just we're still on this incredibly steep learning curve and incredibly mm. steep um, growth curve as well. It, it's so interesting to me, like the genesis of this, because in interacting with the product, it just screams to me like classic jobs, needs, state work. And I assume the genesis was in home, not yeah, restaurant. I mean, it's really, it's interesting. We you know, we, we got try to stand on the shoulders of the, the work that was done aimed at that B2B, bring warm, fresh popcorn back to the office, which is definitely a need state and a real opportunity and remains a yes. real state and opportunity. Sure. But then getting to a space where we're like, well, we got some great stuff here. We should sell it. And so let's, you know, the stuff, the food, you know, as the technical guy, it's, oh, it's the stuff, but like the actual, the food in it is like, it's the same food. And what we're really pivoting around on is the benefits of that food, just giving it to people in a different way mm -hmm. or, or in a different channel, if you will, the delivery means it gets it from us to the end consumer has changed, but the stuff and like, I think from the branding, Amy, our graphic design director was in here and Jonas, great visual eye. I mean, there's so much energy mm -hmm. and life and fun to the brand. And that's one of the things I think is really different from the space. We're not kind of the, the blue pop secret box. That's always the blue pop secret box. And what flavor would you like? You can have any flavor you want as long as it's butter or lightly salted. And I think that's another space where we really, I'd like to think made some real differences is yeah. the flavors I, that we can bring like this kind of sweet and savory. Nobody does sweet. We do a great mm -hmm. job with that. We have some really interesting, we did a wasabi promotional flavor in and out, which is mm -hmm. really cool and really fun. And so kind of that vibrancy of the brand brings people in and then hopefully these really differential eating experiences that you just can't get in certainly microwave popcorn um, is what I think is having people come back. And so, yeah. I loved how you talked about cinnamon at breakfast and popcorn for breakfast. So as someone who's like my whole, our whole thing is, is like what time of day, how are people using foods and beverages and expanding to different day parts? Like how brilliant is that? But I, I guess these guys have questions too, and I'm totally interrupting, but one of the things for me that really resonated, and I'm wondering where this came out as a driver in your innovation or the feedback you get is the bowl, like it's sustainable, it's silicon, it's not toxic. And I don't believe that you guys have the fume problem with the flavors with, the, I want to learn more about the current, like there's just a kind of environmental sustainable piece of this that I absolutely love. And I'm wondering where was that in this whole mix in terms of the reaction you're getting or, or in terms of your, you know, R and D process in creating this product. Yeah. But it's also very cool that it collapses. 
I know. Because I know you can store it easily. I can get rid of my air popper. See, we were thinking, um, yeah, the air popper is kind of the worst, actually, um, in terms of enjoying the product you make, you know, after you pop your popcorn, the air air. But you don't have to clean very much. You don't, but yeah. That's true. But terrible. you've solved it's this. So dry. Anyway, yeah. I'm I'm partial, but the no, the popper was as we're trying thinking about. We have these great kernels. We have these great flavors. Okay, cool. How else are we going to make it, it different for folks? And mm-hmm. having a reusable popper, I don't even remember whose idea that was. That was well, and I think it's always. I mean, part of our origin story has been the use of technology and the use of, you know, kind of creating these systems for people. And so I think the popper was a part yeah. really of that system. Um, I think you guys were wanting to ask about a question. Oh, I, I want to tell you more about the popper because it was a, it was a really um, interesting road. So, so we created this popper, we designed the popper, we have a, an engineering team and what I'm showing you here is the V1 of the popper. So this is last June. This is what we came out with. Wow. And you can see here, you know, this is in the microwave. I'm pulling it out. It's hot. Silicone yep. gets hot and like, oh no. And the top flies off and you, I just you, burn my hands. You and- have to shake yeah, the, the handles are sweet to get the flavor on there. And so you're like yeah. doing this. And so like, that was not that wasn't great. Yeah. Um, but we had just honestly. made a, a, you know, a sizable investment in these, in these poppers, but we knew we, we just knew that we had to improve it and we had to improve it fast. And so by October, yeah, we had a new popper and Alec can demonstrate yeah. that for you, but this you can see you guys got where it's got the, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. But it's rigid and you can't pop the lid off. It's got it's cool because this plastic doesn't conduct the heat as much and then the lid sits in there much better. And so it's a much, much better popper. And yeah, one that we're having a lot of success actually selling just the poppers. We've expanded yeah. on Amazon in the last oh, six months. The popper itself is all five stars, super well rated. And so even the popper itself, you know, outside of the system is, is a really good right. popper. But it wasn't, but it, honestly, it wasn't when we first came out and that was something that we you know, we needed to fix. It kind of looks like you pivoted off of though the original popper. It's just the V2 kind of look though. Is that right? Or is that just me non, non-product non technical, like a package technical person to look at that and go, that looks like it's just like a alteration. Like you did like a quick- guy to this guy. Yeah. Is that, yeah. I mean, there's similar tooling and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's yes cool. and no. I mean, yeah. we, we had to actually take a lot of the silicone weight out of that first popper. Mm. So there was some tooling costs and, you know, again, it's not, uh, yeah, they do, they are, they are still serving the same job, but the performance of the V2 popper is um, much better, much, much yeah. better. No. Yeah. Having never used the V1, I know that the V2 works great. So <laughs> I've uh, I've spilled the bowl of popcorn on the floor at Thanksgiving with the V1 popper. So okay. Yikes. Do you have Do you have a dog? Uh, no. <laughs> Ooh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. It's that's what flavor was it? Did the dog like the flavor? Uh, it was butter. My family goes in. Cats don't go for it, unfortunately. No, they don't. No, they don't. So, so are you just DTC at this point? No, um, no. So I, know, thought, 20... I thought you really wanted Kevin to ask a question. Shoot, I'm sorry. I'm just no, so no, excited. Go ahead. Go Guys, ahead. Go I just ahead. want to like ask. sell your product for you. Ask. You ask. can get subscriptions to the kernels. Yeah. It's great. You can gift it. I've already gifted it. It's actually well, your ads for you. 
I'll ask with Susan, are you just TTC? <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's a good, that's a yeah. good pivot or like a shift to that. And yeah. The gifting is a really interesting one that I don't know. Mm. I suppose if we had thought really hard about it, we'd have said, wow, it's very pretty. It's nice. It's kind of a whole package. What a wonderful gift. Like that's logical in hindsight. I don't think we knew that. We, going yeah, in, we were at last mm. Q4. We were like, whoa, what are all these was, corporate yeah. people calling us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got like Nintendo and what Bank of America. It's yeah. brilliant for thousands of these things as a gift. Yeah. And so it's, that's been a surprise, but it's a really big part, especially in Q4 of our revenue is this corporate mm -hmm. gifting space. Well, so makes perfect sense. A dedicated person who's like managing that we've been doing lead up campaigns. And so that's a surprising diversification, I think from the DTC. It's nice. Um, I mean, it's great. It's a little bit of a seasonal business for us, mm -hmm. um, but because we self-manufacture, we have the flexibility to be able to react to, you know, and plan for something that's a little bit more seasonal. Um, but I would say back to your original question, you know, we launched direct to consumer and we pretty much stayed there all of 2021. Um, and we had, you know, great success. We built up 60,000 um, or, you know, customers, customers, customers. Yeah, who had ordered. Um, and, you know, we see great repeat week over week, um, but it's expensive. Um, you know, the advertising is expensive. The shipping is expensive. Everything just gets very expensive very quickly. So um, we have been trying to diversify into new channels. Again, we're a 15 month old company. So, um, you know, we have this gifting that we're talking about. We have, um, we opened up our other e-commerce, e so we're on Amazon now, um, and we're looking to expand into retail. Specialty retail loves this product. Mm -hmm. um, sure. Uh, you know, mass retail, we probably have <laughs> some more work to do still. Yeah, we, still product. yeah we're not sure that it, it lives in a sort of an in-between space to be at whatever, say Target, because you've got the housewares thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. food thing, and it's a little too expensive to be in food but it has food in it. And so it's not, so we're a little in between. It's, we haven't been able to quite square that vision mm. with them um, so far. And so we're, we need yeah. to, you know, that's, a, that's obviously a goal. It'd be a great place yeah. for us to get, but it's, we're not there yet. That's a really interesting problem to solve, especially mm -hmm. because it's a retail roadblock or structural issue with them, the way that you define the, the, the thing and the food. I love that. That's an interesting mm -hmm. challenge. Um, it's making me think of coffee. I feel like you could be in mm -hmm. multiple places in the store. Yeah. Yeah. It's both the Kevin, you want to ask my final question? Um, sure. I mean, I, I think maybe my question is like, um, well, actually, Charlie, I think this was your question. So I'll let you, I'll you, let you do this. And I want to. Yeah. Okay. Well, if, if we, if we, if we come back in five years, I love the fact that you've um, made so much progress, 15 months, that's remarkable. And the fact that you're constantly refining and improving and refining and improving and learning and refining and improving. So as you think about 60 months from now, which may be more than you can wrap your head around in the moment, because uh, I know what it's like in a startup. Um, what are the biggest issues you, you think you're going to have to tackle and what do you see in terms of, of growth and development? Where, where do you want to continue to go? And what do you think you have to overcome to get there? Oh, that's a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> let's see. I think, you know, our vision, we, and all of our packaging, we say, uh, welcome to the popcorn revolution, right? So that's our ambition. And I think in order to do that, we need, you know, we're, we've set out to really change the culture around popcorn, 
it's more than butter. It's more than the movie theater. It's more than a bad substitute for <laughs> the potato chips you really want. Yeah. And so, you know, if we can do that, if we can open up day parts, if we can make it, you know, uh, back to the celebratory na nature that popcorn used to be um, with the smell and the anticipation and, you know, the um, the marking of, of a moment, I think we've done a really good job. So that's what we're trying to do in terms of what roadblocks are there for us or how we're going to overcome them. I mean... I, we're really, I mean, right now, honestly, like we're thinking a lot about like next year, first six months of next year and yeah, sure. expansion. We're also really focused on, we got to hit the holiday really hard. Q4 starts yeah. tomorrow. And well, Charlie's going to help with that. Charlie's going to solve that. You know, yeah, our there. day to day, you guys probably are not surprised, but it's, you know, what does our inventory look like? What does the production plan look like? Yeah. What does sales look like? And rinse and repeat. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. First of all, congratulations. It's it's a remarkable product. And really is. Uh, you need to tip of the cat for uh, for making it happen and 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 moving it forward and we look forward to the continued revolution of popcorn. I think it can be like the we work of snack foods, right? So it'll oh, become that, that will become the next <laughs> I know. Why don't we work, Charlie? No. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, move in that direction without all of the all of the nasty baggage that goes with it. That's right. So. That's right. Very exciting. But well, thank you very much for joining you, uh, us. Keep awesome. you on our journey. That's awesome. Thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you thank both. You. Thank you. Bye, Sarah. Bye. Bye. All right. So those of you who are familiar with, with Three Squares know we are now going to move to What the Food with our benevolent food scientist yes. and and uh, trivia master extraordinaire, food guru. Kevin Ryan. Guru. Yeah, guru. I, like I like that. Guru. That's, a, that's a better That's a better title. I was trying to rhyme. Food guru. I like yeah, it. Guru. I like it. guru. All right. So I want to dive into something that I've, I, I go down food rabbit holes uh, just to kind of like things I'm interested in. And I got really interested in diner slang recently. Mm, diner and I started slang. reading up on, yeah, diner slang. I don't know if you've heard like back in the, you know, when diners were really popular, the 1920s through the 1960s about, there was this, uh, you know, language that was used at diners to not only among, um, <clears throat> excuse me, among the workers <clears throat> live, uh, but uh, among the customers too, right? So what I think that's so interesting about that is number one, uh, some of that language is still hung around, but number two, it's not that strange because if you think about it, it, it lends like a sense of place. So if you think about mm -hmm. Starbucks has their own language, like sure. tall, venti, frappuccino, all that is another language. And then there's secret, uh, secret menus of like In-N-Out Burger and all that oh, yeah. stuff that you speak a, mm -hmm. a particular language. So what's interesting is that a lot of that diner slang um, probably was about that building the experience. Like people used to talk about going on vacation in New York and just going to diners just to hear the slang. And some wow. of that actually seeped over into words we use now. So for example, eggs over easy, that's diner slang. Ooh. Sunny side up, diner slang. The works, like on a burger, you know, when you put everything else, that's diner slang. And BLT, that's actually originated as diner slang. Ooh. What about moon over my hammy? I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah. That's a Denny's. That was a Denny's menu. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, I don't think okay. it was. I don't know. So what I thought it would be fun, hopefully, you know, that you guys don't know a lot of this diner slang. I thought maybe I'd give you some diner slang. And I've, I've sorted through this because 
some diner slang is the, you know a product of its times. There's some some stuff in there that you don't want to talk about anymore. But there's some stuff that's pretty interesting. So I I, I filtered through it all and I found some diner slang. I thought maybe we do a little quiz. Ooh, Ooh a little quiz. Away, Carly, quiz away. Okay, going so down. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you diner slang. You tell me what the order would have been. So remember these are mostly oh. breakfast. They're gonna be some lunch here as well. Okay, okay. So this imagine a waitress yelling this to the back of house short order cook. Shingles with a shimmy and a shake. Shingles would be pancakes with a no, shimmy. Bread. Think bread? Guys, some open face. And a something. shake. Yeah. Shimmy and a shake. A shake is a shake literally a shake? No, you were close. You were close, Susan. So shingles would be buttered toast with jam. That would be the shimmy. Oh, so wow. buttered okay, toast. I get it. Okay. With jam. Yeah. Okay. How about this one? Wait, what, what, what's, total- what's the shake? I think it's, I don't know. I guess because the, 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 it I don't shakes know on the top, the, the jam shakes on Maybe, top. You yeah, put enough on it so both. that it shakes. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Cool. Okay. This one you guys should definitely get because, well, you'll, you'll realize in a moment. Nervous pudding. Nervous pudding. Jello. Nervous? Jello. Right. Oh. Jello. Okay. This yeah. one, Charlie, I'm thinking you're going to get this one just because. Wait, wait, why wouldn't you just say Jello? See, that's just it. That's why there's been because a hypothesis. There's yes, there's a hypothesis. People Two have words. said, "Oh, there was diner slang because it was faster." None of these are it's fast. not faster. No, Nervous it's cool. is not faster. It's cool. It was cool. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. 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 How about this one? Uh, give me a bowl of whistleberries. Whistleberries. Beans. Yes, <laughs> baked beans. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Charlie gets Why that. Like, I, I, get that I knew Why Charlie would get that. Okay, last one. This is the hard one. This is the hard one. Okay, burn one, take it through the garden, and pin a rose on it. Wow. Yeah, these were long. They were burn not burn one, take it through the garden. So you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna cook something. You're gonna put something green on it, like some lettuce. It's gonna, and gonna then be you're well gonna... done. Pin, pin a rose, a rose on, on it. it. A, uh, a burger, burger, well done. A well done burger with with lettuce and ketchup. Very close. It's a it's a burger with lettuce, tomato, and an onion. The onion being the rose. The rose. Huh. Yes. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. I mean, it's it pretty cool, and you can see how some of that language. So, so that's. Uh, so if I go little... to Red Robin and say. Burn one, drag it through the garden and put a rose on it. They will ask you to leave. They will. Oh, okay. <laughs> they will. Pack up those way, Kevin, Last time I was way. in New York just a few weeks ago, I was walking through, I was looking for those dollar pizza places to see if they yeah. had no slices on it. I didn't see anything that had no slices, but lots of them sold just slices. So yes. I that was fascinating. Well, they, but they were, they, they, they told you their allegiancy. So yeah. people that don't know that to listen to our, our one of our past episodes. Yeah, about dirty milk. Yeah. But dirty yeah. milk and Al Capone and cheese. So mm-hmm. Yep, you can go back and listen to that on your favorite source of podcasts. So, all right, this is it for the inaugural edition of Three Squares Live. Thank you for joining us or listening to the recording. Uh, if you have a topic or a guest or something you'd like to have our food guru address, you can let us know by sending a mail email to uh, three squares mail at gmail.com. That's the numeral three squares mail at gmail.com. Kevin, Susan, thank you so much. It's always a great pleasure. And uh, we look forward to connecting with everybody again on the next episode of Three Squares. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.